It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine, coming to you from Paul Brown Stadium and the snowy west coast of Canada. You got the weather advantage today, James. But the Bengals had the advantage over the Baltimore Ravens, 41-21, to outscoring the Ravens by 20 points again, scoring 40 points again against the Ravens, blowing out the Ravens. Joe Burrow's stat line against the Ravens this year, James, is pretty impressive. I think I saw a tweet from, I can't remember the source now, unfortunately. Sets a record, I believe, for the most passing yards against an opponent in a single season. 941 yards against the Ravens in their two games this year. Seven touchdowns on 71% of his passes being completed. Pretty good little year for Joey B getting some revenge on the Ravens after they put a hurting on him the first time they played in his rookie year. Yeah, he uh, whew, lit him up, lit him up today. And we thought this could be a lead Joe Cook game, just looking at it, and it was. And it was very clear from the jump it was, right? Four for four on their first drive, and then it was four for five after the challenge with the 12 men on the field and the weird thing. But it was really four for four, and, and they were about to, to settle for a field goal there. Uh, 18 of 21, perfect passer rating at halftime for 299 and three touchdowns. He's just amazing all day long. And you can break it up into segments and look at it in, in all these different ways. And it's just uh, crazy numbers. Bengals franchise record, 525 yards. And he's the only player, Jake, and I stole this from the CBS broadcast, but it's okay. He's the only quarterback in NFL history. And now the Ravens haven't been around that long, right? We were both alive when they came into existence and were, you know, had, had thoughts and were functioning humans by then, you know, eight to 12 years old or, you know, something like that. I went to the Ravens. It was 96, 97. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Joe Burrow's the only quarterback to ever top 400 yards and three touchdowns two separate times against the Ravens. Tom Brady's done it. Peyton Manning's done it. Eli Manning did it. Uh, Drew Brees did it. I think those are the only quarterbacks. So he's the fifth one to do it. And he's done it twice in the same season. So, I mean, Joey B, you got to let him cook. And Zach Taylor did that today. I I had a lot of tweets that I liked today. Sometimes after games, I think back on the tweets and some of them really stand out as good ones. My favorite was I I turned off replies for a tweet after the Josh Johnson interception late in the game. And I tweeted, let Joe cook. And at this point, everyone's like, why is Joe Burrow still in the game? Why are they risking getting him hurt? And there were a lot of questions to that effect in the post-game pressers too, from what I heard. And I'm like, now I'm greedy. Let Joe cook. And uh, then he goes out there and, and breaks these records. I believe fourth most passing yards in a single game all time behind uh, Warren Moon, Matt Schaub, and there's one other guy from the pre-Super Bowl era on the list as well. Yeah, I think you're right. I, w- I was trying to see. I thought the Bengals had tweeted uh, 
something about that. But either way, I, I, you know, I can, yeah, fourth most in a game in NFL history. You're right. So it's, it's just, it's crazy, right? It's crazy. And in the last pass might've been, you know, a little, all right, let's make, let's see if we can get to that 500 mark, 41 yards to, to mix it. By the way, scrambles, hits him on the run. Great play. Um, but this team was aware and Joe kind of pointed it out in the post-game news conference. They were certainly aware of, uh, What's their defensive coordinator? Wink Martindale. What, what Don Wink Martindale said this past week. And he Joe said that, well, first off, what Wink said, if you missed it, because maybe you're listening or watching this one and you didn't listen to us earlier in the week when uh, we talked about it. But he basically said, look, Joe didn't get or doesn't have a gold jacket like Aaron Rodgers yet. And Jamar Chase isn't Devontae Adams. So I don't need to double and triple team Chase. And we don't need to give them the Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams treatment. Fast forward to Sunday. Both guys go off. T. Higgins goes off. The whole Bengals offense goes off. And uh, Joe Burrow called it unnecessary comments. Didn't say he was offended. He said, I wasn't offended. I don't think it was offensive, but thought it was unnecessary. And and uh, I think that was certainly a, a topic of, of conversation in the Bengals locker room. It might sound silly, but uh, it feels like they use that as a little, little bit of a motivation and motivating factor on Sunday. We got a Michael Jordan shrug from Joe Burrow after that pass to Joe Mixon. Also the Michael Jordan mentality. I took that personal. And and you go read the full quote. It's not bad. Wink Martindale, after saying we're not ready to buy a gold jacket for Joe yet, says it's going to be a very tough challenge. They have a three-headed monster. Everybody sleeps on their tight end 87, and he didn't want to say his name because he doesn't know how to pronounce it. And he goes on to say, the tough thing about Cincinnati is they have weapons at each spot that can beat you. So, like, you look at the whole context, it's not that bad. But to Joe Burrow's point, you don't have to throw out any anything that they're going to be able to use as bulletin board material. And Joe Burrow said... He was asked by Paul Daner Jr., were you thinking about that comment when, when you completed that pass to Joe Mixon to go over 500 yards? And Joe's got a smile on his face that confirms that he's like, yeah, maybe a little bit, you know? And and so there you go. Joe Burrow finding a way to be motivated in this game from, you know, not a whole lot. And, and that's that Mamba mentality. He was in killer mode this entire game. And what I loved was that Zach Taylor and Burrow were in sync in that regard. And, and I know Taylor didn't want him to scramble and try to extend plays and take those hits at the end. And I know Bengals fans agree with that too, but they were aggressive passing the ball the whole game. And that's what I liked. Not for sure. Because I, they can win in a bunch of different ways, but I think if they're going to win, win, beat the chiefs, win, win, uh, not just the division, win a playoff game, make a playoff run. They're going to have to put up points, right? The, the top teams, whether you want to look at the Bills, they beat the Patriots. Or you, most of these teams that end up in the, the conference championship on, right? So the final four, they're going to be teams with quarterbacks that can just throw the ball all over the field and, and throw for 500 if they need to. Now, is that realistic every week? No. And there's game script and in certain opponents like Denver, you're not going to do that. And, and the good news is, is this coaching staff, this team is adaptable enough to do that and, and play different ways. But it was good to see them do that. It was good to see Taylor keep his foot on the gas, like you mentioned. And he mentioned that after the game a little bit, the, the killer instinct part of it. And I hope they get that because this team, there's a reason going back to the, the beginning of the season. And I've been right about some things. I've been wrong about some things. But I put the mark at 30 points per game. And I could they got that in the first half today, by the way. And they should have against this team. They really should have. And they delivered. But 
I think they're capable of doing that if they maximize th their talents, it, regardless of the opponent. I think they can do that if they do what they need to do. And uh, that doesn't mean it's going to happen every single week. But but I think we're seeing their full potential. And they're, they're not turning the ball over outside of the one throw that was nullified by a holding penalty. And Jamar Chase draws more holding penalties than Miles Garrett suddenly. So that's good to see. Um Burrow's been really, really good at not turning the ball over in recent weeks and is, is really seeing the field, I think, better than he has all year. And he's moving more in the pocket at, at a high level. So if Burrow's playing at the level he did today, the Bengals are going to have a shot against anyone in the AFC, anyone, including who I think is the best team in the conference that's uh, going to be playing on this field against the Bengals next week, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, just a couple quick things that stood out there uh, that, that you were talking about. One, Zach Taylor, I think, has shown in the last few weeks that he has a really good concept and a really good vision for at a very high level, from a macro level, how the game should go. In this game, he understood we can throw the ball on these guys. They literally have a JV secondary out there. They have one starter in their secondary. They have a bunch of practice squad guys back there. They've lost a couple guys to injuries in this game as well. So they're down to like deep practice squad guys in the secondary. And Taylor understood that and Burrow understood that. And they recognized we can pass the ball in this game. It's working. We can stick to it and we can still bleed clock with it. And so that was something that I think they first saw coming into this game. And, and last, last week against Denver, I think they saw the Denver offense isn't going to be able to do much against us. We can approach this game differently. And I think it's like there are little details that I think need to come along with Taylor and this team, offense, defense, both. Because the defense wasn't, you know, great today, but I don't think they needed to be. I think they knew what they were up against in that regard and knew what the offense could do. And I think just like that understanding from the coaching staff is nice to see. And, and hopefully that progresses next week when, again, it's a big challenge and they, they need to step up to a different task. The last thing you mentioned there was Burrow's evasiveness. And, and that's at a level we haven't seen yet this year. This is the closest to LSU Burrow that we've yeah, seen. Boy. And if, if that's the way it's going, then the rest of the league needs to be on alert because he's only going to get better. And he was fantastic in this game, as were his receivers. And we should talk about those receivers because T Higgins uh, might be making a claim for best receiver on this team. Let's talk about that coming up next. Wow. Best receiver on the team. I know who the best quarterback is on the team and it's, it's Joe Burrow, obviously. And yeah, maybe his LSU days. You know what? I think Joe Burrow is more mobile right now because he's on that built bar plan, Jake. You know that dude is rolling around in his SpongeBob swag and a Santa hat walking into Paul Brown Stadium. That dude probably had three built bars as he was walking in. And that's why I threw for 525. In all seriousness, maybe he didn't have a built bar. I know I did. I have one daily. And if you don't know what they are, they're the number one protein bar on the planet. They're high in protein, they're low in sugar. They're low in calories, so they're going to fit your diet. They're going to fit your macros. And let's be honest here. I don't know about you, but during football season, I do add a couple pounds here and there. During the holidays, it's easy to, right? I don't, I, you know, I can't stay in the gym as much as I want to. Well, Built Bar can help you keep that balance as you try to shed weight, or maybe you're trying to put on weight and, and add muscle. Built Bar helps you do that as well. So check them out. They taste great. They're covered in 100% chocolate. There's a bunch of awesome flavors and you can check all of them out right now at built.com and you're going to save a little bit of money for trying them with promo code lock 15 15% off your order at built.com with promo code lock 15 it's the best protein bar on the planet so check them out right now again get 15% off with promo code lock 15 at built.com 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. James, this is a hot take. I don't have very many hot takes. I think T. Higgins has... Let me sit down. Let me sit down. I I think T. Higgins has a legitimate case for best receiver on the Cincinnati Bengals right now. I I think that you look at his body of work this season, he's averaging more yards per game after going for 200 yards nearly in a game. But Jamar Chase has done that this year too against the Ravens today than Jamar Chase is. He missed a couple games, but he's Mm -hmm. at 79 yards per game. Jamar Chase at 77 and a half yards per game. Uh, T Higgins has 71 catches to Jamar 68. And here's something else that I love about T Higgins. Well, a couple of things. One, his post-game press conference, like the, the joy that he experiences playing football. There's mm-hmm. like this innocence to T Higgins that I really appreciate and really yep. love to see. And the other thing about T Higgins that I love is the way that he catches the ball away from his body. And, and to me, that's incredibly aesthetically pleasing. Like it just looks really nice to see the way he catches it away from his body and holds it away from his frame away from the defender. And I compared it today, James, to, to the aesthetic beauty of Ken Griffey Jr.'s follow through. There's something that's just like oh. really visually pleasing about the way mm-hmm. T Higgins catches the ball. Gotcha. No, I, I haven't thought about it that way, but I agree with you. And the 52 yarder, his hand strength, his hands eat belt bars daily. Cause that <laughs> dude, that dude squeezed the ball and it hits the ground and it didn't move. Like, very rarely in the NFL does the ball hit the ground and it's still not get overturned. Most of the time, I would say nine times out of 10 that, and that's the James analytics telling you that nine times out of 10, the call is getting overturned and it's going to be a non catch. Well, that was a catch. And I didn't have any doubt in my mind after I saw, you know, the angle, the end zone angle, essentially where you can see the ball. Um, I agree with you because he's been, he has more 100 yard games than Jamar chase. Uh, so he's been when he's out there and he's fully healthy, he's been their their more productive receiver. But I, I think this is the vision that we had. And uh, I saw um, Bengals uh, director of public relations, Emily Parker, um, a few minutes ago before we started recording. I was like, that's why you draft Jamar Chase, <laughs> because th- it just it makes everybody better because they have a one in one A and who, whatever order you want to put them in. It doesn't really matter because they can just bleep and dominate the game and and do what they did today. I mean, Chase ended up with over a hundred for the third time this year, seven receptions. And it was just like slice and dice uh, in between Higgins, you know, a couple of Higgins, big plays and touchdowns. And um, they, they complement each other really well. Their skill sets work really well together. I'm not going to argue with you though. If you think T's the, you know, the better receiver right now or anything like that, I just know they're both really damn good and good luck saying, oh, we're going to take this guy away. Because if you do, Burrow's shown now, okay, I can go to the other guy or I'll go to Tyler Boyd. I mean, Boyd was a 
not lucky, a great defensive play where he pokes the ball away on the touchdown, which is another crazy off-script play by Burrow from all three receivers having 100 yards today. You know, three receptions, 85 yards would have had two long touchdowns. So it's a three-headed monster. And sometimes it takes time to get in sync. I think these guys are are truly getting in sync and and have a chance to uh, put up monster numbers over the next couple of weeks. And they're going to need that. Let's be honest. They're going to need that. We have plenty of time for it. But if they're going to compete with the Chiefs, I think they're going to have to have to, you know, put up really, really big numbers. The Chiefs defense next week will be better than what the Ravens put on the field this week. In in like almost every way. The the Ravens literally five out of their six secondary starters were practice squad street free agent type guys. And and so, you know, that's where maybe we need to say, okay, we can do this, but maybe temper expectations when it's a real NFL defense. That being said, it doesn't take away from what they did today. What they did today was incredibly impressive. T. Higgins, just to finish the conversation on his game, caught 12 of his 13 targets for 194 yards and two touchdowns, including that ridiculous double mossing of the, the, the catch you just talked about that went to the replay. He also had a great whip route, and Mike Renner talked about how impressive the route was for a guy that's 6'5 to get that low and run a whip route that nicely. And, and in the red zone, the whip route can be very effective, and, and they got a touchdown off of it. Jamar Chase in this game, though, to go to the other guy that's fantastic and after Mac Jones has had a couple duds lately is right back in the rookie of the year conversation. He he in this game was was dominant in a way that he hasn't really been this year. I don't remember a drop. I'm pretty sure he had a drop free game and all of his work came in in yards after catch situations. He had a fantastic yep. toe tap, which was one of his best catches of the season. And then besides that, it was, I'm too good after the catch. I'm too fast after the catch. I know how to set you up after the catch. I'm too strong after the catch. And 125 yards with a lot of that coming after the catch. And it's really easy to forget. And I know we've talked about it, but for people that don't watch Jamar Chase a lot, that yeah, he can beat your ass vertically and he will continue to do that. But the reason you can be so bullish on his future is that at 21, he's not only beating you vertically, He's beating you after the catch and, and he's going to continue to grow in his game and beat you in more ways. 21, 22 years old, T Higgins, yep. Jamar Chase, yep. Joe Burrow, second year. And, and those guys are, are setting this team up in a huge way. And even the Tyler Boyd touchdown that comes on an out and up where Patrick queen is trying to cover him. The, the Ravens yeah. are in single high. They've got six guys in the box. The Bengals are in empty, which from the start, I'm calling a timeout if I'm Wink Martindale there. He doesn't. He lets the play go. The Bengals score a touchdown. He's rolling the safety to the other side because guess who's on the other side is T Higgins and Jamar Chase. And when you can split out three guys and get a linebacker over Tyler Boyd on one side and the single high safety is going to go to your two outside dominant guys on the other side, that's an easy way to get a chunk play. And the Bengals did. They punished it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a stat for you here. Uh, Higgins and Chase, both over 1,000 now. We knew that. The Bengals are the first team in NFL history with multiple players to top 1,000 receiving yards. What would you say? I said I love this. Oh, Oh, yeah. So the Bengals, first team in history, two players under 23 years old to top the 1,000-yard receiving mark. And here's the key to me, Jake, because these numbers are going to start getting uh, a little off because there's 17 games. Well, they did it in 15 games and T Higgins was dinged up for part of it. So that's, that's the the best part about it is they would have done it in any 16 game season. 
And uh, who knows, maybe Tyler Boyd has a, a big couple of games and can get there too. But the youth, like you mentioned, under 23 years old, and they're this dominant. And T. Higgins is starting to win because that was our one beef with his rookie year, right? Some of those contested catch situations didn't feel like he was winning early in the season, didn't feel like he was winning those. And he had a shoulder injury, so it makes sense. Well, now we're starting to see him win those, right? The past couple of weeks, over the past month, I, I know he's he's top four, uh, he's topped the hundred yard mark four out of the last five games. But one of those games, I asked him about being on You Got Mossed, and he just got asked about it again after that uh, the 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 catch at the end of the first half. So these guys are really good, and we're seeing it. And again, going back to the thing I said to Emily, the thing we talked about on Lockdown Bengals for like five months, it felt like this is why you draft Jamar Chase because you make Don Wink Martindale not get a wink of shut-eye all week just to get pounded 41 to 21. That's what happened. I bet you that dude was sleep-deprived, made the gold jacket comment, and then still lost by 20 anyways. So get that man some belt bars so he can get his his health right. Uh, and, and who knows? Maybe we'll uh, – because the, the Ravens can make the playoffs. Maybe it'll be Bengals-Ravens round three here in a few weeks. Hmm. That would Never be – no, yeah, you, you don't. It would be interesting. Currently, just a, a quick note as we're recording this, it'll probably, well, certainly be dated by the time you listen to this. The Steelers losing 23 to 0 at halftime, which means essentially for the Bengals, if that holds one win and they've clinched a playoff spot, I think they clinched a division with one win if Pittsburgh loses today. So that's where they're at. We're going to talk offensive line and maybe a little bit of defense as we've heaped praise onto the quarterback and wide receiver for 20 minutes. We'll hit on a few other spots before we get out of here. Speaking of that quarterback, Joe Burrow, hopefully you wagered on him already to win comeback player of the year because I feel like his odds at Bet Online might change a little bit after a 525 yard, four TD performance. But never fear, you can still go to betonline.ag right now and bet on all the props, odds like never before, betting lines like never before. And right now you're going to get free money if you sign up. All you got to do is go to betonline.ag, make that first deposit. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus with promo code locked on. It's that simple. Betonline.ag, you make that first deposit, promo code locked on, you get a 50% welcome bonus. And wager on Joe Burrow to win offensive rookie of the year, or uh, oh, Jamar Chase to win offensive rookie of the year, Joe Burrow to win comeback player of the year at, I don't know, Jake. I think, and we'll talk about it maybe this week. I think he's very much in the thick of that race now. I mean, if you talk about you know a division title and Burrow uh, smashing these franchise records like he did today with 525 yards, never say never. We'll have to look at that race a little more in depth later this week. But you can wager on it right now at BetOnline.ag. Again, use promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. James, let's uh, let's hit offensive line real quick before we go to the defensive side of the ball because I, I think that while there are some things that you could be concerned about on defense, I'm not sure how much we can really take away from this game given what the plans seemed to be, which was 
we can score more than they can score. All we need is like the Bengals scored on all their possessions with the last two, which consisted of a missed field goal, which is unusual for Evan McPherson from 50 yards and a kneel. And so if you're going to score that way and they did, and they knew they could, then maybe the defense can afford to be a little bit more conservative. But the offensive line today was, I, I thought, up and down. They had some issues in this game, and considering there was no Justin Houston out there, and uh, they are missing one other defensive lineman. Can't remember who. But they do have Adafi Owa, and they did have uh, Kalias Campbell, obviously healthy in this game. That said, you know, there was a free rusher that got a hit on Burrow. There was a free rusher that the Bengals knew was coming where he gets the ball out to Jamar Chase for a big gain. And toward the end of the game, even, when people were upset that Burrow was still in the game, he was still getting hit a little bit. Some of that coming on extending plays, but others are are coming from just pressures, either communication or individuals losing. They gave up 26 pressures, according to PFF. 26 pressures charted to the offensive line's fault and three sacks and with Chris Jones coming to town with Kansas city next week. And they're, they're going to see Melvin, uh, Melvin Ingram again. I think he's with the chiefs now, right? Yeah. Uh, They're going to have some pass rushers and and it's not like they, it's not like miles Garrett, but they are going to have some pass rushers to deal with against the chiefs and the chiefs will have more of a real NFL secondary. So there will be bigger challenges next week for this offensive line because while Joe Burrow was fantastic in this game and showed that elusiveness, was making plays off script, he's also getting rid of the ball very quickly at other times, was doing a good job of game managing and, and kind of hiding the offensive line. And so the, the one concern for me on the offensive side of the ball as I look forward to next week is p- pass protection still. We're, we're still talking about it. We're probably going to be talking about it into the offseason. Needs to be a little bit better against the Kansas City Chiefs next week. Yeah, it does. And it's uh, it's going to be a theme, right? And I, I just think that that's, that's where we're at. The good news is, is I think they've found a way to balance it out some. And you mentioned it, LSU Joe Burrow didn't have a great offensive line. And that, that was the part of it that was encouraging for me when they picked Joe Burrow. We knew the Bengals' offensive line wasn't good then. When you pick Joe Burrow first overall, well, he knows what it's like to not have – an amazing star driven offensive line, you know, like Baker Mayfield has in Cleveland, for example, where they invested all this money into a guy who throws four interceptions anyway, with that offensive line in front of him. But uh, anyways, that's, I'll leave that there. Point is, is the Bengals aren't going to invest that type of money into the guard position. They know that. And and so, um, yeah, there, there were some, uh, there's always going to be questions this season, at least with the Bengals offensive line, but I think they found a way to overcome it more so than not this year. He does take hits. I think he's found a way to like, he's rolling more. It doesn't look as ugly. He's, he's falling better. If that makes sense. Like, cause as a rookie, there were always like three or four hits where it was like a game and he was taking more last year too, but where it was just like, Oh my God, like what just happened to him? And even earlier this year, that was the case, but I, I do, I think he's learning to fall cleaner so to speak rolling better and and still needs to slide effectively even though we didn't have to see that today but uh yeah he's uh I think he's getting better at taking hits but we want him to not take as many hits and you know there'll be games where he does and games where he doesn't I probably would have pulled you said let Joe cook I would have probably put the brakes on a little bit at the end there even me Mr. 30 plus points and aggressive and all that because 
the hits are still scary. I'm not knocking Zach for it because I get it. And I think some of those hits are on Burrow for extending plays. And that's what you get with him. But uh, it's certainly something there that you're like, oh, come on, Joe. Come on, throw the ball away. It's kind of one of those things for me where he wasn't getting hit a ton in this game, to be honest. And he was getting rid of the ball quickly in rhythm for the most part to avoid hits. And I know there's risk, but it's fun. It was fun. They were having fun. I think that that's a morale booster. And I don't know how much that matters in the long term. but you know, he got to set a record and he was having fun with his guys out there and and seeing them have fun is, is nice. It's fun for us as, as observers as well. Let's quickly hit the defense, James, before we get out of here, and I'm sure we can talk more about the decision to leave Joe Burrow in the game or not. If we'd like, uh, let's shout out Trey Hendrickson, shall we, for the continued sack streak. And I don't know if he's going to officially have straight. one or two. Uh, so, yeah, his streak with at least a half sack goes up to 11 games. He needs one more to tie the at least half sack record. He needs to get Patrick Mahomes on the ground next week. And uh, tough task, better left tackle, I think, in Kansas City, who did invest heavily in their offensive line. But uh, it was only one, so the the forced fumble didn't count as a sack for him. The the very next play on that same drive, or or two plays later, James, was that officially not counted as a sack? It didn't count it as a sack. I think Mm -hmm. it counted as a, a forced fumble, but it did not. Typically, I, I feel like those are sacks when you when you force fumble. But I guess since the quarterback picked it up and started running with it, maybe it went down as a running play instead. So th- so there you go. Could have had two sacks on that technicality, but instead we'll we'll take the one. And uh, I think that ties or does it set the Bengals' record for sacks in a single season at fourteen? Uh, I believe that it ties sets. Dunlap. Oh, it sets the record. Great. It sets. Yeah, Dunlap had thirteen and a half, so he has the record now. And so Hendrickson today had uh, three quarterback hits, two tackles for loss, and then the sack. So he he was super disruptive. But uh, it was, yeah, he's the fourteen. Who would have thought that in March when they when they signed him? Like I questioned it. I think everybody questioned it. Yeah, well, we did. Was this a wash? What was he, is he better than Carl Lawson? Will he be more productive? Yeesh, fourteen sacks. They nailed it. Yeah. And and, and this, the productivity has been there besides just the sacks as well. This is something that we talked about. We weren't sure if the pressure productivity would come with it. It has. He has found ways to get pressure. And, I, you know, still wouldn't mind another disruptor out there for this team. But Trey Hendrickson has been great. And I think that it was his best game all around this week. And we'll see how it shakes out when we go back and, and watch the tape. But he had a couple of really nice plays in the run game as well. I thought um, one of them coming on a read option where he doesn't crash on the running back. Josh Johnson keeps the ball, probably should have handed it. And Hendrickson cleans it up for a tackle for loss. I thought that was a really nice play for him. Uh, Let's talk tight ends really quick. Big point of, of concern that I noticed on Twitter James today was the Bengals can't cover tight ends. Well, a couple things there. One, they've played like all the best tight ends in the NFL this year, except maybe Mike Gusecki. On in terms of the the most productive tight ends in the NFL, a bunch of first round picks, a bunch of great athletes and guys that have become dominant, like Darren Waller and George Kittle, and they've got another one next week in in Travis Kelsey. And yes, like ideally, you do a better job of containing these guys, but it it's also I think easy to forget for opposing teams that these guys are some of the top weapons on these offenses that the Bengals are going against. And they're going to get theirs from time to time. But this is a spot where, you know, no no Logan Wilson, they're banged up at linebacker and, and their corners 
didn't really have much success against Andrews. It's going to come up again next week with Kelsey. And the the point I think is do what you did today, outscore them because they're going to get theirs no matter what you call on defense at some point. Part part of that probably. The the other part is going to be. Kelsey's a freak and you're going to have to to do something different and, and figure out something. And the good news is you should have a plethora of cornerbacks to throw at him. I didn't notice Trey Wayne's out there much. Obviously I had a guy in Eli Apple that started ahead of him. And I think that's well-deserved with the way he's played recently, but maybe you, you put Cheeto directly on Kelsey, right. And you, and you shadow him. You try to double him at times. And we, and we have time to talk about this. And then you have Waynes and you have Apple on the outside against the other receivers, you know, Tyree Kill or what, you know, there, there's a lot of options. Or maybe you could do that with Waynes and you put a woozy on him. A lot of time to talk about it. But yeah, that that's uh, the, the, the plan might be first the 40 wins. And if that's the case, that's why you drafted Chase. That's why you have Joe Burrow. That's why you have this offense to to be able to score 40 when you need to. And they might need to do that next week. They probably do to win and beat the chiefs next week. So we'll, uh, that's the fun part about this, Jake, for the first time in locked on Bengals history, meaningful football in January, it's Bengals coming. went two and two in December, meaningful football in January, nine and six, the division on the line next week, like you mentioned playoff seating on the line. I'm excited, baby. I'm so damn excited. I'm about to eat a whole damn box of belt bars. Let's go. And the Bengals have clinched a winning record for the first time in Locked On Bengals history. I had yep. some fears that they were going to get back to 500, and 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 instead, here we are, a clinched and, winning record. And I'm eating seven now, baby, above 500. Go. Let's go. What was what was your score prediction in this game? Do you remember? It, it wasn't. Uh, what was it? It was. 34-31. That's when I thought Tyler Huntley was, was when Huntley play. was playing. Yeah. So yeah. that wouldn't have been. I think they do score more with Hunt. Like, might have been close. Might have been close yeah. to right. Maybe forty-one thirty-one. The the butterfly effect and everything. Somebody asked, you know, if, if Tyler Boyd catches that touchdown or it's ruled a catch, Joe Burrow breaks a record, right? And it's like, well, I don't know. Then then maybe the fifty-yard pass to Joe Mixon doesn't happen because uh, butterfly effect. You, mm-hmm. you never know. Uh, that should just about do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to take a look at the playoff picture, confirm our playoff scenarios. We're going to get some second reaction to, the, to this game as we've had a chance maybe to go rewatch some things. And we're going to hear, of course, again from coaches and some players on Monday. And we'll have that for you as well. Until next time, Bengals fans, the Bengals likely one win away from clinching a playoff spot. Merry Christmas, who day, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.